Father, we thank you for this time together this morning. As we begin a new series, I pray that you will speak through me. You will speak to my heart. You will speak to our hearts in this moment. And we pray that we will leave change. We will leave with something to take home. We will leave with something of a conviction of Almighty God upon our lives that will cause us, Father, to seek you more and to be aware of you more. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. As I said, this series now is titled The Master's Plan. And just for those uh, who are aware, we are starting today some live streaming right now. As the message begins, live streaming is starting. And so we'll talk a little bit more into that over the next number of weeks. So if you want to throw your tomatoes, maybe do it afterwards. No. Um, okay, just let me know so I can change put a smock on. Anyway, the master's plan. Why look at the master's plan? I believe right now we're at this place that we are going to just rediscover who we are as a church. And I believe it's God's call on us that we start to step in and we lean into that place. When we talk to people about the church, most often they think of it of a, of, as a place, of, as a building of bricks and mortar, of stone or mud. And most people in the community, even sometimes we, we make that innocent referral to, I'll meet you at the church. But there's something that we need to understand is that in that traditional sense or maybe historical sense, that's what we refer to. But we learn something amazing in Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, that God teaches us that we, the people, are the church. And so we're going to just unpack that a little bit today, building on what we're going to enter into over the next number of weeks. Now, many of you may know this. That's okay. That's fine. Some of you, maybe just this must be just old news, and I know. But maybe be refreshed. Be encouraged about and see who God sees you as in this place together. I, there's a lot of books on church. You, you could uh, go to a Christian bookshop and I don't know, there's a plethora of leadership books and, and ministry books and, and not many mission books, but there's, there's a few. But a sense of church books. What's the church? Who is the church? And what we do need to understand is this, that the church is, has been destined to be a place of irresistible influence. That's the call on the church. That's our mandate. I don't like that word mandate at the moment, but anyway, that's what it is. And so can I encourage you in the next few moments that you and I would lean in a little bit with that as well. So the church, there's a few words uh, for the church, but I want to just understand probably and lay out for you one word you may be familiar with, and it is the church. The word church that Jesus mentioned as well in other passages, passages of the New Testament some call it ecclesia or ecclesia. It depends how you want to say it. There's a few different versions of that. But it, is a, it speaks of a gathering and assembling together. But it's actually way more than that. And we actually learned that this concept of church didn't begin really in the New Testament. It began in the Garden of Eden. Some people don't realize that. In fact, we learn that in Genesis 2.8, and we also see it in Revelation 2.7. And so from Genesis to Revelation, we're seeing God just paint this beautiful, beautiful picture of what he sees and how he sees us. 
And so it's an invitation. It's a called out together. The church is a gathering of God's people who belong to God. And when we think of this, we think of this as the creation or God creating the church. Just excuse me, I'm just a little dry. Turn to the person next to you say, it's lovely to see you here. And I think you meant it as well. And I love what we, we get to discover. So God has created the church. It was his idea. Now we're going to move a little bit away from the church idea, but I've used it in the notes just to help you because it's the simplest place and that's our place of reference for today, the church. In fact, in Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2, Jesus is speaking about this church is going to be birthed really shortly and he says that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Let's have a read of this. And we read of God preparing, Jesus preparing the people in Acts 1 on one occasion while they were eating with him. They were having fellowship. They were having communion. They were doing church. They were together. They were belonging. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised you, which you heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit and you'll begin to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and to Judea and Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. So Jesus is setting it up. He said, this is going to be the birth time, the birth place right now where God is going to birth his church under new covenant. It was going to usher in a new mode, a new expression of what it looks like. But God did this when he met with Adam and Eve in the garden. That's what God did. God got the, the Eden is a type, it is a picture of a temple. As I, I might share about this, one of my major assignments was on this following the, the, the theme of God's dwelling presence from Genesis to Revelation and it opened my eyes up to see God's invitation to us. Amazing. So right there he met and he chose the place to be a garden that we believe was on a hill, that in a hot climate was, was laid out in such a way that through the wind and the trees and how it was set up that we understand it was like an air conditioner was coming on in this environment. It was a magnificent place. And this God was saying, this is my church. This is where I meet with you and you meet with me. And that was the starting point, the creation of the church. We learn and we can read Acts 20, you can read a little bit more about that. And also in 2 Corinthians 5, 21 speaks about that we are what? A new creation. So God not only has created, but he's creating in us. He's creating in us and he's wooing us and he's calling us. He designed us. You are created to be in fellowship with him. It was his idea. Man gets in the way. Man starts to want to do their thing and, and then it gets a little messy. We, we note that God revealed himself as Emmanuel. God with us. Constantly God is just laying it out there. I'm for you, I'm with you, I want you, I'm seeking you, I love you, I adore you, you are precious, you are wanted, 
you are chosen. Every day. That's why we're singing the songs. We've got so much to rejoice about. The Jewish sages, these, these wise people, came up with a term called the Shekinah glory. A word to describe when God would meet in a special way. When the sense of God dwelling everywhere or being everywhere, his presence is everywhere, his circumference is nowhere, and yet there are times where this manifest presence would avail. I hope you know what I'm speaking about, that God is everywhere and, 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 and while God is with us, there's opportunities where you and I can actually be with God. So the introduction and concept of the church began in the garden and will continue in another restored garden that we learn of in Revelation. We have been united by the blood of Jesus who has cleansed us from our sins and he has presented us to the Father as holy and righteous. Then we have faith and we belong to God because he says we belong. God created the church and he's continuing to create the church, the presence, this dwelling, this gathered, this celebration of together, this abiding presence. And it would do us well to want to lean in and know this God even more. I want to know, not from a distance, but up close and personally, I want to know more of God. I want to see God. I don't want to wait for heaven. I want to see him visible in my life, in my actions, in my world. There's another thought we get to see as we unveil this idea or concept or of the church is the construction of the church. Jesus introduced this. We mentioned this in Matthew 16. Upon another discussion, Jesus is talking with disciples and asks them, who do people say that I am? And said, some say Elijah, some say this good teacher. Who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the son of the living God. And Jesus said, brilliant. You've got it, Peter. You've got it. And he said, I will build my church on that statement. I will build it on that revelation. I will build my church and the gates of hell. This place of gathering, a place where believers are collectively called from all corners of the world to come and worship me. I will build it. My responsibility as a pastor is not to build the church, nor is it yours. Our responsibility is to partner with God, to align ourselves and to position ourselves in a way that God is able to work through us to see lives change. The church... You and I, we do not choose our purpose. God chose our purpose. We learn that nothing can withstand the church. We are co-laborers in this 
construction, this building of this church, this body of whoever's will come and worship God. How awesome is that? We can get so easily settled in life and in the challenges that our season has brought. There's been a sense that we're starting to recognize how much we need to be in alignment with God. Leaning in. And God is building his church through people. For you and me. The difference between the kingdom of God and the church is the kingdom of God is spiritual. The church is physical. It's felt, it's expressed, it impacts, it changes. Here's another thought, the character of the church. Have a look at 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, priesthood sorry, a holy nation, a particular People, oh, I love that word. Look around the next person and say, you're particular. I love that. You're God's own special people. That you should watch show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. The character of church where this dwellingness of God, this abiding presence as we gather, not by four walls, but wherever we gather together, where two or three are there in the midst of thee. The character is being built. And just as God created the church and he's creating us and we're still learning and being created in him and we're growing in sanctification, we're growing in our knowledge and in our righteousness in him, but our righteousness, his righteousness that was imputed. Amen. We're learning this construction and this building process that we're all learning how to be bricks in that sense. Spiritual bricks. Joined together. Forced together sometimes. Smashed together sometimes. That's okay. And the character of the church. There's a dream. A dreamer called Jacob in the Old Testament. He had a dream. And he laid down upon a rock and he had this magnificent dream. When he awoke from the dream, in his dream he saw a ladder from earth to heaven, angels ascending and descending. He awoke from the dream and he said this, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. He was afraid and said, what an awesome place this is. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gateway of heaven. And then this dreamer came up with a, a dreaming name. This dreamer place, this dreaming place became Bethel, which is place or house of God. So when we come together, the sense of the manifesting, bringing each of our, our, us together, there's this manifest, magnificent presence of God that gathers. And the enemy, friends, let me know, the enemy is terrified when that happens. Absolutely terrified. 
So isolate, individualize. That's the plan of the enemy. And you can see that in the times that we live in right now, that is the conversation, that is what's happening. Deconstruction rather than construction. The character of the church is when it focuses on Jesus, acknowledges who Jesus is. What do you think of when you come together? What are you expecting to happen today as you gathered here today? What are you hoping to do? What are you hoping to give? What are you hoping to receive? What is your expectation? Are you coming here today because this is what you've done for the last six months or the last year or the last two years or 10 years? Or is there some other work that's happening inside you, inside of me? When we think of the names that describe what this place of gathering looks like, there's a prefer of them. Scripture is very illustrative. There is terms like the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, God's building, the temple of Christ, fellow citizens, a spiritual house, the people of God, the family of believers, I go on. And last, even the kingdom of his dear son. Terms that help us to define who we are. Descriptive words saying that we are God's church. We are God's family. We are God's gathered ones. Jesus is central. That says to me that the church should be a vibrant community of Jesus followers that share these same hallmarks. People that you want to be with because they bring life and hope and challenge and faith. They restore and bring restoration to, restoration to relationships and community where there's renewal and transformation and missional happenings, training and reaching the lost. That's the character of the church because his cart and his character becomes ours to carry. Then we have the call of a church. We read this some weeks ago in Ephesians, but Ephesians chapter 4. If you want to understand the call of the calling of the church, I would encourage you to read it again and again. Paul begins by saying this as a prisoner of the Lord. Then I urge you to live a life worthy of your calling you have received. So there's a call upon the church. There is a call upon you and I. Let's individualize this and personalize this. God is creating, God is created, and God is continuing to work in us and He's constructing and He's building us according to His pattern. And that's what we learn in the Garden of Eden. We learn in the ark. We learn with the tabernacle, with the tent of meeting. He was there. The pillar of fire by night, the pillar of cloud. By day, God's saying, this is us gathering together. I want to be with you. We can go on and on. The call of the church. To understand that we are called to grow strong, to grow spiritually, to grow in depth, but also to grow outward in width. 
The church is this assembly of gathered believers and followers who have encountered God's love through the work and ministry of Jesus. And it's carried on because the Holy Spirit in us reminds us and wants to complete this work that has been assigned. The church is this place of people who are embody Christ's desires and heart. Graham Hill describes the purpose of the church, missionary, the church's missionary nature is to worship and glorification of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Acknowledging the Godhead, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Not to focus on one or two and leave one out, but to include this embracive and comprehensive understanding of meeting with God. Unfortunately, there are churches that are weak and frail, anemic, and even closing down. Surely not. What's gone wrong? How all these variables come into play? So our job to ensure that the church survives, that's Jesus' job. But rather that we allow God to work in us, to lead us, to infuse us, to encounter us, and to fill us. It doesn't happen when we have secularism and humanism and narcissism and hedonism and fatalism and ritualism and spiritualism and consumerism and they're all there and they're all going and they're all thriving, thank you very much. And they're distractions to the purity of our call and who we are called to be. Our call is going out. This is a time to get ready. This is time not to fluff about. This is the time to get ready. Church should never just be a place to go and worship. Church is a family of people that are joined together and worship together, but not, just not on Sundays, but in essence of life. Someone said this, the church is not about people, Think about this. The church is not about people. The church is of people who are about Jesus. Doesn't that change it? Are we a church about people? Are we going to choose to be a church of people about Jesus? I can't make that decision for you. Only you can. I know what I'm deciding. I know what I'm choosing. We've heard this before, so many churches are perfectly equipped to reach a world or a generation that no longer exists anymore. So we believe that we are called of God to be one church, a body made up of very much very different individuals, a spiritual family committed to loving Jesus and loving others, loving our neighbours, our community and the world in which we live and sharing that good news and that experience of who Jesus is. And last, usually I go for three points. In Bible college, they teach you three-point message. Um, broke the rules today, went for five. I'm just keeping with the Baptist tradition of being rule breakers. Read the history. Read your history. 
The confidence of the church, we are not called to be a club, we're not called to be a resource centre or a help, self-help organisation. We are the living church. And we should have confidence. So as each one of these points relates to who we are collectively, it relates to who we are individually. And God is stirring and God is moving across the nations and he's raising up people. He will preach the message himself. People are opening their Bibles and they're giving their life to Jesus. They're reading as they're seeking in desperation. And we have confidence that he has called us for purpose. Romans 5.2 says, but, we, but whom also we have access by faith into his grace wherein we now stand and rejoice in the hope of his glory. This is my favourite verse. This is Louis' verse. If, if you give me one verse in the Bible, this is it, I'll cut it out, put it on the wall. I've done that. I, not in my Bible, literally, photocopied, whatever, printed it up. Here it is in the Living Bible translation. Because of our faith, he has brought us into this place of highest privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to actually becoming all that God has in mind for us to be. Oh, I want that. I want that. I want to be all that God's called me to be. I want to break the shackles of my own thinking and my own religion and my own mindsets and I want to be all that God has called me to be. I want to see what that looks like. And I feel God is daring me and he's daring us as a church. Will you go on that journey? The master's plan is the journey that we're going to unpack week after week after week in this lead up to Christmas. We're going to look at this. We're going to expose. We're going to, in a right sense, we're going to look at and unravel what God was saying to the church. That we may know who we are. A congregation, a people called by God, for God. Ephesians says, so you're no longer strangers or aliens. You're no longer. Jesus is your Lord and Saviour. But you've been called what? Fellow citizens with the saints. You are, in a sense, God's household. So from Genesis to Revelation, what do we learn? God is looking for a home. He's looking for a home. A lot of churches have jumped on this. You go to any large churches and you'll see this. They have people in the car park holding flute boards saying, welcome home on them. Welcome home. As you drive into the car park, on the sheet, streets, <laughs> they're waving them. Welcome home. Welcome home. Because when we come together, under God, that is home. And what did Dorothy say? There's no place like home. Ezekiel 36, 28, I'm about to close. God says, you are my people and I will be your God. He's running after you. 
He's pursuing you. He's challenging you. He's convicting you. He's stirring you. He's knocking at the door. He's tapping his feet. He's wanting to get your attention. Because this is what it's all about, friends. He says, all the stuff you can get, you can gain the whole world, but lose your soul. Come and know me. Surrender your life to me. Pledge your allegiance to me. He asked for nothing less. And I close. So the church is created. And you are being created and creating. Constructed, characterised and called by God. And it is confident of the work that he began and will continue to do. I'm sorry if you believe your preferences are more important than people. I'm sorry when the structure seems to be more important than serving. But please remember, it is not my vision for the church or your vision for the church that will make it great, but it's his vision. Jesus, in those prophetic words that he added to Peter, before the crucifixion have proved true. Through persecution, the gates of Hades have been fought against and fighting against the church. But what happened? The church grew stronger. The church often will grow in persecution because it separates the wheat from the tares. Then we read this as I close. Sorry, I've gone way over time. Revelation 7, 9 says this. After this I looked and there was before me a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people, language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb of God. And they were wearing white robes and they were holding palm branches in their hands. We're going to pray. Oh God, I feel the invitation that is so stern this morning, so heartfelt. Oh God, we want to be your people that you have called us to truly be. We do not seek our way, our own ways and our own ideas and our own models and our own philosophies and our own thinking. We want all that to be trimmed and cut away. And we truly want to be who you have called us to be together. The assembling, the dwelling, the abiding. Acknowledging that you are God. And that you are Lord. And that you are Saviour. We are done with games. We're done with low living. We're done with compromise. We're tearing down the wrong, those altars of distraction. And we're saying, God, help me step out in this new journey with you. Help me to see your heart unveil before me who you are. And I pray, Lord, today that there's anybody here who doesn't know what it means to be of that gathering group, those ones that are called out to be together, who are invited. I pray, Father, that you would speak to them today.
that we could follow up with them and that they would know that you are calling them by name. That no one today leave today not knowing how much God loves you, how much He adores you, how much He seeks you out. He is, after all, you are the lover of our soul. So help us today, Lord. In this master's plan, help us to unravel and to see what you are seeing. Help us to lean in that little bit more because there are people in our community that need to know this. We need to know this. Our friends, our colleagues, our friends, they need to know this. Our street, our neighbours need to know this. That we're a church not made of bricks and stone and mortar, but we are the living stones. You breathed upon our lives and upon our very soul. And we've come alive because of You. So help us, Lord, to bring that life everywhere we go. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.